Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor, here as always with my co-host at Birdsall and Jake Simone. Very exciting stuff. How are you doing, both of you? Dandy. Never better. It's debate day. Jake and I are going to yell at each other. It's a great time. Great time. I'm very excited. Set my weekly ranks today. Set my week one ranks. I got them up and going and um, it's like the juices are flowing. Happy August, everybody. Let me give you the uh, virtual shake of the hand, buddy. Absolutely, fair fight. I'm excited, I'm excited I feel like, to get uh, into it. I, I feel like this is uh, this is Biden v. Trump at the debates. Shake, shake the hand, and before we go and uh, want to wring each other's necks. Hopefully, one of you doesn't sound like a complete idiot that doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, that could be that could, that could be for both of them. Quite fair. Well, let's well, uh, transition. Yes, let's transition. Um, you know. I'll be the typical boxing referee. Let's keep, let's keep it a fair fight. No shots below the belt. No biting or whatever. That sort of thing. Keep it I'm, clean. Not taking a, I'm not taking a chunk out of Jake. Okay. We'll see. All right. So uh, we've teed, teased this long enough. Well, so, before we do anything, do we want to talk about the breaking news of the day? God, I was so I was I had low expectations and I was still disappointed. At what happened about Deshaun Watson, if that's what you're thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Six game suspension. Regardless I, of how you feel, I personally am taking the moral high ground on this because I've been talking about it all day. And I just want to talk about it from a fantasy perspective. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's what, like the right word, the right phrase. You're being neutral on it. You're taking neutral. There you go. Yeah, because you you, if you're you're not taking the moral high ground by not bringing up the obvious, in that he sh- probably should have been suspended more. Oh, but, probably, and and I, I would think that the NFL is probably going to going to appeal the decision. Yeah. So I, mean, I, I I don't think it's over personally. Well, from a fantasy perspective, then he's missing six games. Um, I should have been more prepared and had the Brown schedule up. I got it. You do? Yeah, so I got what it. Do you got? He's got, days. he's going to miss. He is going to miss at Carolina at, uh, at home versus the jets at home versus the Steelers at Atlanta at home versus the chargers and at home versus new England. He'll be back at Baltimore, Cincinnati. Then he has his bye. At Miami, at Buffalo, at home versus Tampa, at Houston, at Cincinnati, then fantasy playoffs, at home versus Baltimore, at home versus the Saints, and at Washington. Not not a great schedule. He's really missing the softer schedule. I agree. During yep. his suspension. Really, the Texans are the only moonwalk. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you could ex- you could expect Deshaun Watson to just light up the Texans. Uh, yep. get, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if that game was like flexed to – uh, either 425 or Sunday night. Oh, no. No, the Texans, no, <laughs> no. The Texans are not who getting the, flexed. Who the fuck <laughs> wants to watch the Texans? No. Yeah, no, it's the it's the uh, revenge game. I don't give a fuck about any revenge game. I am not watching the Texans on Sunday night football. No. Not a chance. I don't even know who the Sunday night football is or that for that week, but that's besides the point. Um. I mean, now that I'm curious, 13. It better be something it, good. 
It is Indianapolis. Oh, it's Colts versus Cowboys. Colts oh, at that's Co- like getting flexed. <laughs> Colts at Cowboys. Not a chance. Not NBC a chance. is not letting go of a uh, nice little ratings boost via the Dallas Cowboys. Not a chance. Unless Dak snaps his leg in half again. That's about it. True. True. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. That's yeah. the only way. Yeah. Or if Dallas just flat out sucks. But then again, it, it's still the Cowboys. They're the most watched team in America. Well, even when Dak got injured, the, the Cowboys didn't get taken out of any primetime games. They had like a bunch. And people still watched. Not Sunday night, though. It was really mo- – you can't get flexed out of Monday night. Yeah, Monday night you can't get flexed out of. Yeah. Well, they had that oh, game against the that, – that infamous game against the Eagles with ben, the Ben DiNucci game. That was like – Earlier in the year, though. Yeah. Ben DiNucci. And my guy, um, my friend. Yep. Anyway, so well, one more uh, thing that I want to touch on uh, really quick. Actually, two more things. Uh, Jake, where did you move to Sean Watson in your ranks? Ranked him accordingly. I, I planned for six games. So where did you I, have him? I had him as my QB twenty-one. So I have him as my QB eighteen. Yeah. And where did you move? Did you move Mari Cooper at all? I didn't move Amari Cooper yet, but I plan. I kind of wanted to keep my ranks uh, the same for the sake of the uh, program. Okay. But where did you, where did you move Amari? I have Amari at 29. Now that the highest I can see myself ranking him is wide receiver 26. I'm pretty much in the same boat. The highest that I would go is wide receiver 25. I have him at 28. Yeah. Uh, What about the running backs and David Njoku? Um, Pretty consistent for me. Yeah. The same. Okay. The same. I doubt I'm going to move Njoku. Uh, Maybe. Mm. Maybe I'll move Njoku above Higby and Tunyon, but I'm not moving him above Henry. Yeah, I, I'm pretty low on Njoku, but I think I'm going to move him up. Yeah, and like, then Chubb. Inside my Chubb top and, 20. Chubb and Hunt, they're both top. Hunt's a top 30 guy for me. I doubt I'm going to move him up anymore. I mean, maybe I'll move him above Pollard. And then Chubb, Chubb I'm not moving. I'm not moving him above Javante or uh, Saquon. All right. Well, that was that was my question, actually. So good on you. Good hosting there. I'm a radio professional, like I say. Yep. So uh, quick rundown of how this is going to go. Bird and Jake both sent me their rankings, and I put them in a nice little spreadsheet separated by position. And I looked and saw the largest or most notable discrepancies on each of them. Um, we're going to do two per position. And, you know, basically it's like, just tell me why. And then argue about who is more right. And Adam, do you, are, are, do you want to pick a side? You know what? I will pick a side, actually. That's, okay. that, that's a lot of fun. I'm okay, the fine. kind of neutral moderator. Yeah, fine. All right. Fine. Go with that. Okay. So. And you have, cool. you have to be mindful of time because Jake yes. and I can go on all day. Yes. Uh, that's the hardest job of being a moderator. Mm-hmm. So quarterbacks. The first one is Jalen Hurts. Bird has. I, Jalen- I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Bird has at six, QB six, and Jake has Jalen Hurts as his QB ten. Okay. Why? <laughs> Why for state your case, each of you. 
Who is the floor? Bird, you have the floor. So basically, my case for Jalen Hurts is he, he's in a he's in a bundle of quarterbacks that I can you know pick and choose where I want them to go. Jalen Hurts, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, kind of in that same same boat. The main difference between Hurts, Brady, Prescott, Burrow, Rodgers is I have Hurts projected for the most rushing yards out of the bunch by a significant amount. And as we've seen, Jalen Hurts can get by just off of rushing yards and rushing yards alone. Now, is he the best passer in the world? No. Do I have the most confidence that he's going to be the best passer in the world? Absolutely not, even with A.J. Brown. But with the rushing yards, that's always going to be, is always going to beef up his floor. And his floor is going to be pretty safe with those rushing yards. And say Jalen Hurts has a good passing day. Week one, he goes up against the Detroit Lions. So he has a good passing day against the Lions, and you could beef up those rushing totals a little bit. Jalen Hurts, you're talking about week one, is probably a top five play right off the rip. And then anything else other than that is just gravy. But the rushing by itself, it's, it's the Trey Lance argument. The rushing by itself is going to be enough to provide a very safe, very stable floor for any fantasy manager that goes ahead and drafts him. I just think that Trey Lance is, or Jalen Hurts is a better passer than Trey Lance is. Uh, probably, but we haven't seen Trey Lance enough yet to make that determination. So, um, I'll reserve judgment, but I probably would agree with you. Okay. Jake, what's your case for having Jalen Hurts as your 10th quarterback? And yeah, as, as somebody that owned Jalen Hurts last year, I kind of got the full fledged experience and there's going to be weeks where Jalen Hurts burns you as we saw last year from pretty much all November. He was not very good. He, he just wasn't because you need the rushing touchdowns. You need the rushing yards because he's not a good enough passer. So for me, when I'm forecasting my fantasy football team, I look for guys that I know what I'm going to get. And the floor is not so – it's a small floor with Jalen Hurts. I don't think it's a very safe floor. Now, is the ceiling higher for fantasy purposes than the guys I have ranked ahead of him? Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, and then I'm sure Bird doesn't have him ranked ahead of – Justin Herbert, Kyler, those other guys, right? No, 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 no. Okay. No. Okay. So those guys, you look, you look down the line. Brady. I, I think we know what we're getting from Tom Brady in the Bucks offense at this point. Yep. You, you, mm-hmm. you sleep good at night. Yep. Uh Joe Burrow, Bengals offense. Rest assured. He's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of high scoring football games with the Bengals in the AFC North this year. I feel good about that one. And sure. then Dak Prescott, we've seen this Cowboys offense kind of evolve more so from the Zeke ground and pound to Dak make a few plays here and there to Dak. You got to win us this game. We can't really run the ball effectively. You got to throw the ball at least 40 times, 40 to 50 times a game for us to win. And I think there's going to be a lot of shootouts that Dallas is going to be playing in, in the NFC North. So with Jalen hurts, I like him. NFC East. You mean NFC East? I'm sorry. Um, with Jalen hurts. I like it. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah NFC East um, with Jalen hurts. I do like him, but the ability to, play it it's like the other guys to me are just safer and the reward with Jalen Hurts isn't so it's not like it's Lamar Jackson his MVP year right the bird you don't envision that type of year no 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 absolutely that's that's what I'm saying here like the risk of jail the the reward of Jalen Hurts isn't great enough for me to really invest stock in him over the other guys where I'm much more confident in knowing what I'm getting I don't even know if Jalen Hurts is going to keep his job the entire season like I don't even know how committed Philadelphia is to him so that's that's why I just can't go into a year with Hertz as my set it and forget it guy. Whereas if I had the other guys, the other nine guys ranked on my list ahead of him, 
uh, I would set my lineup no problem and play him every week, regardless of the matchup. My counter to that is I'm looking up and down at these at these quarterbacks: Brady, Prescott, Burrow, Rogers. I take I take pretty significant stock in the rushing quarterbacks. None of those guys are going to promise me at least eight, nine rushing attempts per game. And if that, you could tell fair. me that, if you could tell me that Jalen Hurts is going to be, if he can get you, if he, let's just say in the low end, low end, he passes for 200 yards and a touchdown, but gets nine carries for 50, 60 yards and a touchdown. Boom. That's a 20 point day. That's a 20 point day right there. It's a 20 point day, but I can get 20 points through the air and not have to just pray for a rush. Cause if he doesn't get you a rushing touchdown, how effective is Jalen Hurts? That's a fair point. So you're really praying for rushing touchdowns. And, you know, Miles Sanders was hurt for a lot of last year, too. I they There was that week when Jalen Hurts wasn't effective. They were giving Jordan Howard the ball on the goal line and Boston Scott and all those other characters. So it, it concerns me. I also think there's a lot more this offense can bring to the table now that it has A.J. Brown. If you can, if you're telling me you take A.J. Brown out of this offense for a three or four week span because of a hamstring and it's just Jalen Hurts where it's okay, neutralize Jalen Hurts and you're good or make him throw the ball, then we then we have a bit of a problem. But I think with A.J. Brown there, there's going to be a whole different little dynamic that teams are going to have to work out and say, okay, how do you contain Jalen Hurts while trying to contain A.J. Brown? Because we all know at the one or two, one or two yard line, there is a chance that Jalen Hurts could take the ball himself. And not to mention this running back situation in Philadelphia – looks like shit because who's taking the number one reps at running back right now hint it's not miles sanders it's kenny gainwell and you're going to tell me that they're going to have kenny gainwell as your goal line back or even they're going to trust miles sanders enough odds are it's not looking like it so the majority of the rushing production in philadelphia might come from the quarterback position with jalen hurts which they're running jordan howard at the goal line last year when he dressed for games oh i know i know but jordan howard's not back there I know, but he, but let, that's what I'm saying though. Who are the running backs? It's Gainwell. Miles Sanders was hurt though last year. I get it. He's not taking the number one reps, but my man, we're a week into training camp. Like if it's the first preseason game and like Kenny Gainwell's their quote unquote starting running back. Okay. Then I'm going to pay some attention to it. But with Jalen hurts, if you're not getting a rushing touchdown, he's killing you in all likelihood. Is he throwing for enough yards and throwing for three, three or more touchdowns to where you're saying, wow, Jalen hurts really won, won me my week. Whereas with the other guys, you know, the, the bad weeks are few and far between, let's be honest. So here are the well, games where uh-huh. Jalen Hurts did not rush for a touchdown. Week one against Atlanta, 28.2. Week three versus Dallas, 20.5. All awful defenses so far. Week four versus Kansas City, 27.7. Awful defense. Week seven versus the Raiders, 23.1. Week bad. eight versus Detroit, 11.1. Week nine versus the Chargers, 16.2. Week 10 versus the Broncos, 18.5. Week 12 versus the Giants with three interceptions, 6.7. Week 16 versus the Giants, 15.7. Week 17 versus Washington, 12.4. Those numbers right there, you scratch out a 6.7, an 11.1, and a 12.4, you're kind of reaching the floor of what you kind of are hoping for out of the quarterback position. But look at the competition he was playing against when he didn't rush for a touchdown. And that's still a pretty modest day. Yeah, like, that's not I, what I'm looking for. See, and that's what I'm looking for. Maybe there's the difference is that if a quarterback I, can get me 15 points, I'm good. Oh, that's hard. I could find 15 points on the waiver wire any given week. I'm good not as 15. the QB six. I'm okay, good okay. with 15 points. I think we're I'm not. <laughs> I'm definitely not. I need 20 minimum. Yeah. I mean, 
I kind of, I agree a bit more with J- but that's just cause I'm more, I lean more conservative, but I do. Says agree the guy more. who wants to take Derek Carr everywhere. Well, there'll be weeks where I think Derek Carr could be Derek Carr and the Raiders are going to score a lot of points this week, this year. Now I don't, I don't rank Derek Carr ahead of Jalen Hurts in my ranks, but there'll be weeks where I prefer Carr to Hurts. I think yeah. maybe, I don't know about that, but <laughs> well, let me, check, just, let me check my weeklies and see where I have them for week one, just out of curiosity. I have I mean, Hertz as my QB six, and I have Carr as my QB sixteen. Okay, well, Hertz is playing Detroit. Uh, yes, that's a, yes. But yeah, man, like you know, your QB six, you you really like if you're going to take Jalen Hurts, you're saying, wow, if he gets me fifteen this week, I'm good. You, you would willingly say that, yeah. You and I, I defer want, from that department. Yeah, I wouldn't want such a risk reward boomer bust player as my QB six as a QB six. See, I don't, I, I don't view Jalen Hurts as, as risk reward. I don't. The only part of risk reward that I would say with Jalen Hurts where, yeah, it's a risk is the fact that he may not keep his job. That part I agree with. Or if he's any good, like, are you, are you confident Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback? I'm confident that he's a good quarterback. Am I confident that he's a very good or great quarterback? No. Good. Yes. And are the Eagles going to score a lot of points this year? Yeah, I think so. I don't think so. I don't think they're going to be, are they going to be, they're going to be a top 15 offense this year. They're going to score points on Dallas. They're going to score points on Washington. They're going to score points to the Giants. I don't know if they're going to score points on Washington that easily. I Washington's getting Chase Young coming back. I yep. think they will. And you think you think they're going to – I mean, Dallas's defense is much improved, right? I wouldn't say much improved. I don't they'll know probably, how to say improved. They'll score, the, the same. They'll, they'll score against the, the Cowboys, I would say. More so at Jerry World, I feel like they play better. Or no, more so Philadelphia. But – Against the Giants, when they go to the Meadowlands, the Eagles do not show up to play. Well, except for that one unless time. They, yeah, unless you have Deshaun Jackson. You know, <laughs> okay, well, listen, team. my man, that was 10 years ago. Like, <laughs> I am co- I am confident in Jalen Hurts, and I will have Jalen Hurts in multiple places. I, not at, not at the, not as my QB6, man. They're, I'm sorry, that's way too rich for Jalen Hurts. Like, if, he's, if he's available in the late seventh, early eighth round, I'm doing it. As opposed well, to like Joe Burrow being drafted as the QB four, okay, I understand. But like, I would much rather have Aaron Rodgers going after Jalen Hurts. Oh sure, sure. By the we're, way, if we're talking about value. Then yeah, absolutely. As a sidebar, Aaron Rodgers is basically they're like polar opposites. So Bird has Jalen Hurts as his QB six. Jake has Aaron Rodgers as his, Q, as his QB six, and Bird has Rodgers as his QB ten, and Jake has Hurts as his QB ten. So interesting dynamic there kind of a kind of indicative of how this conversation is going to be honest with you yeah and again and, and listen i don't have any problem with rogers i have no problem with rogers i will have rogers in plenty of spots because let's let's say the adp hertz is going in early round seven rogers is going in mid round seven okay so maybe i want to both of them yeah well point, anyway i don't hate jalen hurts like that either i'm just like saying you know rather have the other guys like that the 10th ranked quarterback isn't like a slap in the face like no yeah, no it's not no it's not but i'm also looking at the seventh round for hertz and for rogers and i'm saying both of them no thank you yeah well anyway like, Dak, is, Dak is going later than both of them give me Dak. give me Dak. give me just tom brady's going later than both of them brady's going in round eight i love Stafford. brady Stafford's, uh, not, Stafford's going in the same place as Hurts and Rodgers. Yeah, I'm not the oh. biggest Stafford guy. 
Lance, Trey Lance is going in round nine. Yes, please. Yeah, that's going to go up. It's going to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So next one, Adam. Next one. For, we're staying in the NFC East. Bird, you have Carson Wentz as your QB 24. Jake, you have Carson Wentz as your QB 17. Jake, state your case. I'm going to be completely honest with you. All these guys are pretty interchangeable for me. This that's 17 to 25. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like Carson Wentz because there's a part of me that thinks that maybe there's a little bit more to Carson Wentz that we haven't seen. I kind of think this every single year and it never really pans out to be much. I think of the MVP season he was having and then had the ACL injury. And that was that listen, he's in a new environment in Washington with a coach that wanted him that traded for him. You look at the weapons in, in Washington with the two running, they're two running backs deep. They have three really good receivers. They're talking about using Curtis Samuel, like Debo Samuel now. So that that'll be, that'll be interesting to see there. Maybe so I'll actually draft- dream will come true. Yeah. Maybe I'll actually draft him this year. So I look at him for the entire season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you look at the names I have him ranked over. Ryan Tannehill, I think I pretty much know the Ryan Tannehill experience and how that goes. I think Carson Wentz offers me a little bit more upside as being a potential QB1 than Ryan Tannehill without A.J. Brown. Tua, no thanks. I think Tua is terrible. Like, no doubt. I, I really don't think Tua is any good. I, give me Carson Wentz over Tua. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, okay, maybe that's one that I can maybe change my mind on at some point this year. But, you know, Trevor Lawrence was horrible last year. I can't go into a season with him ranked ahead of Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is at least – and we streamed Carson Wentz plenty last year on the Fantasy Mailbag, right? We did. He was. We were asked about Carson Wentz at least 20 times. A decent amount. I mean, I looked the other day, Matt Ryan, that's very blah. We, we, we know the experience there. It's going to be feed Jonathan Taylor, throw the ball 20, 25 times a game. No, thank you. Justin Fields? You know how I feel about Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. I love the guy, but no thanks. Like, g- give me Carson Wentz, and maybe, you know what? He finds his spot. Some quarterbacks have to bounce around a little bit to, to really find their landing spot in the NFL. Maybe he did with Washington, and, it, and they're going to be playing a lot of competitive games this year in that division. Yeah, I mean, this is not going to be much of a fiery debate for no. for, for both of us. Um, I think Wentz has pretty significant upside. I do. And I know it's, you know, coming from a guy that really, you know, upside really has not been his thing in the recent years, but I think he's in a better situation now in Washington where it's not, you know, it's not going to be a run heavy offense. You know, they're going to want to air it out. They drafted just Jahan Dotson. They have Terry McLaurin. They signed to a fancy new contract. They expect Logan Thomas to be healthy at some point. So there are plenty of weapons in Washington for Carson Wentz. Um, And I'm not, I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm completely out on him uh, as a two quarterback option, but just in 10 team leagues, I'm not really that interested, but he's someone not. that I would keep, I would keep an eye on. And then in 12, 14 team leagues as, as a second quarterback. Yeah. I, I'm interested. I'm interested. So yeah, there's that. That's not too contentious of a, uh, of a debate. Sorry, everybody that you're not going to hear any fireworks in that one, but. Well, listen, uh, you, the first one kind of, uh, delivered on that one for quarterbacks. So I don't think yeah. he's yeah, going to be loves, too mad. He loves Jalen Hurts. I do love Jalen Hurts. I, I think he sucks. <laughs> uh, oh, I I think my... I, I, I'm not sure if he's very good, but for fantasy, it's proven that he's very good. Okay. He does put up points. That's something. That when he, when he runs for a touchdown. Yes. In garbage time. I think, but still, uh, it counts all the same. That's why Matt Stafford was a great quarterback in fantasy all those years ago and still is. Um, even on horrible Detroit teams. Uh, if I had to pick one person to agree with, 
I, I think you're so. agreeing with both of us because we kind of didn't go at each other. No, yeah. there's a real winner. I'm kind of in the middle, <laughs> to be honest with you. So we can move on to running backs. Uh, the funny thing about your running back rankings is that they were based. Your top three is is exactly the same. Beautiful. With good job, Taylor Eckler. Oh, Taylor Eckler McCaffrey is what I got anyway. I yep. had to do it, Bird. Did you put Did you put McCaffrey at one? No, I moved Derrick Henry all the way down to number four. Oh, 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 oh! I had to do it. Oh, I thought you. I thought you were making a change of. I think you said you made a change just in the last couple of days. Move like McCaffrey up. You gave me the McCaffrey look, and I was. I was. I, I no. would have said something. No, 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 no. I actually moved McCaffrey up to three, but I'm. Okay. I'm starting to get there. Move on. I'm sorry, Adam. It's okay. Um, and then there's a little bit of difference, but there aren't. I mean, until you go further down. There aren't a lot of uh, a lot of separation in these rankings. One that I notice, uh, Bird has Javante Williams as his RB twelve, and Jake has Javante Williams as his RB fifteen. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy we both love, um, yeah. personally. But unfortunately, Melvin Gordon is still lurking around um, in Denver. That makes me a little concerned. You look at the guys I have ranked ahead of Javante Williams; those are all the definitive starters on their teams. There is no question about who the starter is with the exception of, of maybe Nick Chubb with Kareem hunt. Those other guys are proven guys that get the ball. Like they're getting the ball at least 20 times, 20, 25 touches. You could take it to the bank a game. Unfortunately, Javante Williams isn't giving me that type of comfort in knowing that will happen, particularly on goal line situations. And we all know running backs and fantasy football, you need to score. You need to score. Yeah. Scoring is half the battle. A touchdown can save your week by scoring. And with Melvin Gordon in Denver, just like the other guys better. It's unfortunate, but it's true. And I, I have no qualms with that. I think it's more of just a hunch for me more than anything else with Javante Williams. I'm not. Do I love ranking him as the RB12? No, not really. But it's more, again, it's more of just a hunch. I, I, said it on a pod last week when we were doing the AFC West um, preview that in between, in between the twenties, I think that's going to be Javante Williams's spot. I more, I'm hoping that's going to be his spot, but then you get, you get into the red zone and that's where it can get a little dicey because we've seen Melvin Gordon just be a touchdown monster over the course of his career. And that could be a true vulture situation where, yeah, Javante Williams in a game could probably out-touch Melvin Gordon 23 to 12, let's just say. But Melvin Gordon could be the guy that has a touchdown at the end of the day. And you better hope that Javante Williams comes down with some receptions because in PPR, if he only, he's only getting you 23 carries, he better have a 100-yard day or he better score. Otherwise, he's going he's gonna to kill you. He's going to absolutely kill you. He'll, he'll be like a Nick Chubb. And we've seen Nick Chubb just completely rip PPR teams apart because of the lack of receptions. If he does, and if he doesn't score, he's useless. It could be the same situation with Javante Williams. And so also for me, ranking him as the RB12 is more on a hunch. Yeah, gotcha. And also, I think it's real, a really good idea to draft both Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. I would feel yeah. a lot better. If, you, if you're telling me I can get both, I would feel a lot better about Javante Williams because the odds both guys play a full 17 games, highly unlikely. Yep, I agree. Sure. I agree. I think I also mentioned on that show too, that you can probably draft both. And then on certain weeks where you're having issues with buys, 
if there's a matchup that presents it, you can probably start both. Yeah, it's not really like a Clyde versus Daryl Williams scenario because you couldn't start both of them on a given week, but it's kind of close in my eyes. I choose not to start either of them on a given week. Yeah. It's very Hunt and Chubb-like. I mean, if you're you're in a bind and you wanted to start them week one versus Seattle, you could probably get away with it. You could probably get away with it. Oh, Russell Wilson's old team. You know know Denver will be scoring. And it it also like kind of like the thing with Melvin, it's not only just the touchdowns. It's the fact that a new coaching staff brought him back. That's Russell Wilson's former college teammate. Yeah. It makes me think he's not coming back just to be a mentor. He's going to have a significant role in the offense. And I didn't even think about that. I forgot. I didn't even no. realize. I just remembered that they played together at Wisconsin. Yeah, that's right. That's hilarious. Let's just see. Uh, the, so the projections, I have Melvin Gordon down for 183 touches. And then for Javante Williams, I have him down for 270. So it'll be a split. It'll be a split, but you're talking a 60-40, maybe 65-35 split. But the touchdowns are, are where it gets a little iffy because Javante Williams, I have only down for six. And then for Melvin Gordon, I have him down for six as well. Okay. So not Honest- great. Not great. Yeah. I mean, as far as the rankings, I kind of have to lean more – towards Jake with this one just because his argument of all the guys that he has ahead of him are lead number one backs. Like it just makes too much sense for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my rationale on that one. Well, okay. Well, with that argument, then I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot now with that argument, number one running back in their offense, would you rather have David Montgomery or Javante Williams? That's not really like the argument I was making, though. No, 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 no. I'm I'm not not talking uh, about you, Jake. I'm talking to Adam. Yeah, Montgomery or Javante Williams? Well, and I I don't know where Jake has David has David Montgomery. Well, if you want to know, he has David Montgomery's as RB19. Okay, so so lower. Does does Jake have uh, Zeke above uh, Javante? Yes. Who would you rather have, Zeke, Zeke or Javante? I'd rather have Zeke. Interesting. I would rather have Javante. No, I th- I I think Tony Pollard's not going to have as big a role as Melvin Gordon does. Well, now, I mean, now that now that Jer- now Jerry said it from on high, I think Mike McCarthy has to listen. There is a mandate with a capital M. There might be. There might be. Yeah. So yeah, I I'd rather have Zeke over Javante because I think Zeke is more entrenched in his position than Javante is. Because I mean, Tony Pollard. They're, they're close to not even playing the same position. I mean, they're splitting Tony Pollard out wide. I mean, maybe that's just training camp. But, you know, they're thinking of different creative ways to use Tony Pollard where it might not even affect Zeke's production. Yeah, maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I think I would rather take the chance on the 22-year-old who's still ascending versus the 27-year-old who clearly is plateauing, if not descending. I see the logic. Uh, okay, so next one chasing the two, ceiling if it's if it, even if it's not there. The next one is uh, there are the two biggest discrepancies I could see. Um, well, there's like a couple, 
as you get lower. But I mean, let's go with Chase Edmonds. Um, so J- Bird has Chase Edmonds at his RB thirty-two. Jake has Chase Edmonds as his RB thirty-nine. I mean, at this point, I mean, what are you gonna do? It's I'm like, not fighting Jake on this one. I. It's like okay, I, I really don't. I just don't want a Miami Dolphins running back. Neither do year. I. I don't even want to talk myself into one. I'm not doing this. No, I, I, I took the words out of my mouth. It was really, I was going to rank him as low as I possibly could to the point of reason. Can I have a bold prediction? I know it's not the bold predictions while we're at this range. I know we're at the range. I hate to go on a tangent, but Ramondre Stevenson is going to outscore Damian Harris this year. I, I, like I think I think it's a Stevens. I think Stevenson's growing on me. I like it. Do you want to go with door number two? I have a backup for this. Yeah, door number two. Michael Carter. Okay. Jake has Michael Carter as his RB31. You, Bird, have Michael Carter as your RB37. Discuss, Bird. You have the floor. I just don't really want to have anybody in the Jets' backfield, if I'm being completely honest. I'm pretty low on Brees Hall as it is, and I have him at 24. I think it's being pretty generous. I mean, I want to knock him back a few pegs, but I really can't. Um, but really, I just don't want to have anybody in the Jets' backfield. And, yes, I will I will concede that Michael Carter will have a role. He absolutely will. They just drafted him last year with a second-round pick. What are they going to do? Dump to the curb? But I think in the Mike LaFleur system, there's going to be a role for both of these running backs. But I don't know if it's really something that I want to go, go to, want to go and invest in. That's why I have Michael Carter ranked low. It's kind of the same thing as Chase Edmonds. It was, I had to rank him low within reason to the point where I'm not really interested in going out of my way to go get Michael Carter, even if it's at a top 30-ish price. I just don't want to do it. Well, here's my thing also. I think it's going to be a true 1A, 1B type thing with the Jets backfield. And um, Carter... They, the Jets coaching staff really, really, really likes this guy. Like, I'm not, I'm, it's like, I know it's very cliche, but he is going to play a significant, it's, this isn't just going to be the Brees Hall take me home show. Like, this is going to be a true split in touches, especially early on. You know how the Jets don't really like to play rookies early on, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Elijah so, Moore. That, that's why, I mean, Elijah Moore started off horrible last year. Yeah. So, and even Carter got his, had to get his feet wet. I mean, they were running Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson over him yep. for a good chunk of the season. So um, I also have Hall ranked lower than you. I have him as my RB25. So I, I'm not extremely bullish on Hall. Hall, But you look at Carter's ADP. I mean, what is it, like nine-something right now? I can tell you. It is, if I can find it on here, Michael Carter is 812. Yeah, early. I mean, the ninth round is really I'm really comfortable taking him in the ninth round as like an RB four type thing where an injury to Brees Hall, he shoots up to a top 20 play. I'm in. I mean, he has PPR upside, too, for sure. He had 55 targets last year, um, and he was a bit part of player for half the season, basically. And he was hurt for a good chunk of the season, too. Yep. Jake, are you in the same boat as I am that you'd rather have Damian Pierce at the 10 6 than Michael Carter at the 8 12? No, I would rather have Carter because I'd I don't rather know how, have Pierce. I need to see, I need to see how the how it's shaking out in Houston first. I also don't trust Marlon Mack to stay healthy. 
because the Marlon last Mack time the last time that I allowed I trusted Marlon Mack to stay healthy to prove a point for me, he was injured after five carries, and Jonathan Taylor just went on his merry way. So yeah, well, and also they like to play around with Rex Burkhead too. That's fair. He's still there. Oh my gosh, still, still there. there. He's still there. Crazy. Um, sadly, yeah. I mean, I like Michael Carter, but I do kind of agree with Bird. Just like, I want to see it first with Carter and Hall. I want to see what the what the split is and like how this the situation works. And then I could be more. I mean, by that point, obviously, drafts are going to be over. But um, if I'm looking at like maybe trading, doing a trade, or if somebody if somebody drops him to waivers or whatever um, in a shallow, in a shallow league then maybe he'll be a flyer or so, or something. But I don't know. Yeah, I kind of agree with Bird, though. He's worth a pick, but I don't know if he's worth a pick in round eight. Like, I don't know if I really want to be taking a running back from this group of, of players. Like, a guy who's going right near him is a guy that I love in James Cook. And I think I'd rather the potential on Cook than I would on Carter. Because I could see Cook being the number one running back in Buffalo by the end of the season. I do not see Michael Carter being the number one running back of the Jets by the end of the season. If anything, I see Brees Hall pulling away with that job. Well, they drafted him to be a, a two to three down back for like they drafted Brees Hall to be that way. Yeah. Or at least that's what all the experts said around the draft. So, I mean, they want to use him. Yes. It's just, it's interesting because it's like it's two running back. They spent back to back second round picks in back-to-back years on running backs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's interesting to see how this will shake out from an offensive perspective. Right. But I, we think, have... I think it's going to be a, a true split, like Jake said. Yeah. Like Jake so, said, I think, I think it's going to be a true split, and I would rather take a chance on a guy like James Cook, but I think he'd win that job outright. All right. So this is going to be fun because uh, at receiver, there are two high-end guys that you were, pretty, that you were kind of far apart on. Spicy. For this part of the rankings. Spicy. Uh, tell me if you've heard this one before. Jake likes a Packer slash former Packer. Devontae Adams. Jake has him at wide receiver two. And Bird Whoa. has him at Whoa. wide receiver five. <laughs> yep. Oh, I, I want to hear this one first. Yeah. I, th- I think people are making the same mistake that they did with DeAndre Hopkins when he went from Houston to Arizona. And we've seen this before and people got burned in fantasy. I mean, remember DeAndre Hopkins was getting drafted at the end of the second round that year in fantasy. And yeah. he turned out to be fine. Whereas with Devonte Adams, you know, look at the contract that the Raiders just gave him. Ty's paid receiver ever. I believe that's correct. And, and Derek Carr. Teammate. Exactly. The, the GPS is going to be directly on Devontae Adams. And the Raiders, look at the AFC West. Those will all be high-scoring games. The Raiders' defense is not very good. They will need to throw the ball pretty much all game. Josh Jacobs is okay. I mean, he'll be hurt. After that, what else do they have? Th- this team will need to throw a lot more with Josh McDaniels, especially as the new coach running the show in Vegas. The Raiders' offense is going to be a hot – I think it's going to be a true high-powered offense. I really do. And Devontae Adams, I draft players – and I get it, he's not with Aaron Rodgers anymore. But, you know, look at the numbers with Derek Carr in college. I get it, it's college, and this is now the NFL. But the target share is probably going to remain the same. What did he average last year? Like 
something absurd like I think it was like 11 targets a game. Yep. On that's, average. I think that's about right. 20, 28% target share. I don't think it's changing. And I think this the games will be even more high scoring than with the Packers in the NFC North where they were just really steamrolling over a lot of people in that terrible division. I think the Raiders are going to have to play catch up a lot. I think they they paid him all that money for a reason. That's Derek Carr's best buddy right there. And we've seen Derek Carr. He feeds one receiver. There's never multiple passing options on the Raiders that really have fantasy value. We saw this last year with Darren Waller when he was banged up, right? It was the Hunter Renfro show. Remember Hunter Renfro? Last year was pretty much a set it and forget it guy when Henry Ruggs went away for, for jail and Darren Waller was, uh, what do you call it, injured. And then it was just the Darren Waller show when Darren Waller really broke out. There's really no other fantasy pass catcher from the Raiders that was worth playing. And I think that's going to be Devontae Adams this year. I, I want to bring up two points of contention. Number one, I don't, I'm not buying into the whole Devontae Adams is going to be the end all with the Raiders. I think that there's going to be, I don't want to say an even share because I think Devontae Adams will be, will be the number one target. I think he's going to be close. Yeah, not, not close. But I think that Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro are going to cut into the amount of targets that he does get. I don't think specifically so. in the red zone. I, I believe it. I believe it. I now, am, so. I, am I saying that Devontae Adams? In the Adams, red zone, Derek Carr is looking Devontae Adams' way like every single time. Bro, they paid Devontae Adams all that money for a reason. Like, he is the first guy that is looked at. Like, it's not even – and Waller, dude, is slowing down, I think. I Like, I, I think Waller is a guy that I won't be buying a lot of this year, bro. He is aging. He is not a young guy. The injuries we saw last year, it is concerning. This is the Devontae Adams. This is a new era of Raider football. Give me Darren Waller the back end of round five. Hell yeah. I'm not talking about that, bro. We're talking about like top end of our fantasy draft right here. And this guy is going to be a targets monster still. Okay. Well, let me bring up up point number two. Then you have Devontae Adams ranked over Cooper cup, target monster, Stephon Diggs, target monster, Jamar chase, target monster. Well, I, well, Cooper Cup is a flash in the pan. In my opinion, I don't think Cooper cup's going to be as good. I don't (laughs) think Cooper cup's going to be that good. Okay. Also, like, Jamar, Jamar Chase is not that good. I don't think he's going to be. I dude, Cooper Cup, and you say this all the time too. I don't know what you're going off for. Bro, no, he's, he's not going to have the same season as like last, year. last year. But he's still going to be as long as Matthew Stafford is still upright. Cooper Cup is going to be a hundred and five, hundred and ten catch guy more than likely. So uh, Devonta Adams will be a hundred and five catch guy too with Derek Carr. Let's see where I have him projected for. I have him down for one hundred two. Okay, well you're kind of on the same wavelength there. Yeah, hundred so catch guy versus outrageous. Cup. Versus Cup, who I have down for. You look at their career body of works. One year for Cooper Cup. Devontae Adams' whole career outside of his first year. We forget that Devontae Adams was and it was a relevant fantasy receiver and a top-flight fantasy receiver when Brett Hundley was throwing passes mm-hmm. for half the season. Oh, I get that. I get that. But he's facing more targets for competition this year than he has ever faced in any year of his career in Green Bay. I don't know about that. I mean, when they had Jordy Nelson no. and, and Randall Cobb. The end of Jordy Nelson, the end of Randall Cobb. Alan Lazard. I mean, this this looks like the end of Darren Waller. I mean Hunter mm. Renfro. I wouldn't say the end of Hunter Renfro. It's not the end of Hunter Renfro, but Hunter Renfro is not that good, bro. He's a Cole, he's like a Cole Beasley. Like he's there. Like he's not that the reason why he, he got such inflated numbers last year is because they legitimately didn't have anybody to throw the ball to. They Brian Edwards, who sounds like he should be making sandwiches somewhere rather than playing football. And I completely, Jones, I mean, <laughs> completely disagree that Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, if healthy, are just going to be written off completely. 
because they paid Devontae Adams a gazillion dollars. And it's and it's a new coaching staff. I don't think I think this is a new coaching staff too with the Raiders yes, as well. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, they this is a decision you make as a franchise to force feed one guy the ball. The offense will go through Devontae Adams in the AFC West. Give me as much as the AFC West as possible this year. Okay, so why why Adams over Chase? Why Adams over Diggs? Why Adams over Cup? It's slight, but you know you have to look at their whole careers as well. Jamar Chase was a rookie last year, and there was weeks where Jamar Chase was burning people last year. We talked about this at length last year. From I would say Halloween until like the first week in December, we were worried about Jamar Chase, bro. We were on here every week talking like, "Oh, is Jamar Chase going to bounce back this week? Is Jamar Chase going to bounce back this week?" It wasn't consistent. There was massive booming weeks. And then there was other weeks where he burned people. I don't think Devontae Adams would be like that this year. So my rankings are not necessarily he will score more. Like in most cases it is, but it's more about who I feel comfortable with, with my own personal rankings. And I look for consistency. I don't look for, okay, he's going to get me 40 this week, but then six the next week. That's not going to help me. If you have to give me a choice on a weekly basis, who's going to get me 20 points? It's Devontae Adams over those other guys. He is as steady as they come. I don't think anything's going to change with the, with Derek Carr. And every year we have the same – we overthink it all the time with Devontae Adams. And what happens? Stole a fantasy glitch every single year. I would rather take the chance. If you're asking me who can get me 20 points consistently every week, I'm probably going with Cup. But I'm going, I'm who's going getting me 20 points out of Adams, Diggs, and Chase? Probably Adams. Well, doesn't next. Cup have the same have a similar problem where there are a ton of weapons in the Rams offense where he's not going to be getting a massive target share? No, I don't think so. Or I, don't think they, I don't think they have the same problem because we we saw the well, same thing. We saw the same thing last run, year. They couldn't run the ball last year, though. Well, they found Darrell Henderson. Darrell Henderson was being started every week on fantasy teams, and he, he wasn't sinking teams. No, I'm just saying though, like they couldn't, they're not gonna run the ball. Let me rephrase that. They will put more emphasis on running the ball with Cam sure. Akers this year. Sure. Especially Cam Akers in the past game as well. And they sure, but Robinson. Going, going off of Adam's point, they had Robert Woods, Odell Beckham Jr., Tyler Higby, and Darrell Henderson catching passes, and Cooper Cup still they, had 140 whatever receptions. Hold on. They never had a full week of OBJ and, and Robert Woods either. That, yeah, no, that's true. I, and, I'm, and just talking, Woods. I'm just talking about guys that were in the offense at, at whatever particular time. Yeah, but but Robert Woods is not necessarily like, you know, he's kind well, of. Well, we were being asked about Robert Woods every every week on the mailbag until he tore his ACL. This is the Robert Woods breakout week? This is the Robert Woods breakout happened. week? It clearly well, it happened once. It happened once when on Sean Thursday Bay night. said we have to get Robert Woods to more involved. And the first drive of the game, it was a Robert Woods touchdown. Yeah, I don't know, man. Listen, I, I go with my went with this early in my drafts, and I I, I look for guys that have done it for me before not what they what i think they could do and that's why i go with Devonte adams i think Devonte adams could easily be the, the wide receiver one this year in fantasy i think he is going to prove a lot of people wrong i think he's determined to prove that he wasn't a product of aaron Rodgers. that he's the real deal yeah I mean, if i had to pick the wide receiver one of fantasy is going to be i'm i'm siding with the guy in minnesota i have him ranked as my number wide one receiver one if i had to pick one but to pick one, but it's Devontae Adams ranked there. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, is Devontae Adams going to be terrible? No, no, I don't, I don't think so. I just would rather take a chance on more. Uh, I think Diggs and Adams may have 
somewhat of the same appeal, but they also have the same problem where Diggs and Adam, Adam hasn't finished a full season in, I think, four or five years. He hasn't played a full season of games. Well, I think like, last year, I'm not sure if he was hurt last year. I'm pretty sure he, he missed one. He missed he one game. He got COVID. He was on the COVID list. Yes. So it wasn't an injury. Right. And but, he's still been great. And he hasn't finished a full season in five years. And he's still been one of the best receivers. Well, Devontae Adams is going to be great. I'm not sitting here saying he's not going to be great. But I'm just saying, I don't think Devontae Adams is going to be the Devontae Adams we all knew that he was with Aaron Rodgers. I just think he's going to be great, but just not 28% target share, 1,400 yards, 11 touchdowns. Great. I think so. Yeah, I like I, – I mean, sorry, Bird. I'm siding against my alleged work husband. But, uh, yeah, I'm going with Jake here. I just like Devontae Adams. I mean, would I rank him this high? Probably not. But um, I think Jake's ranking is a bit closer to where I would rank him. Okay, so who would you rather have, Devontae Adams or Jamar Chase? Adam. Adams. Mm. I'm up there. I am. And I love Jamar Chase, too, and Joe Burrow. <laughs> I think Adams is going to shut up. I think Adams is going to shut up a lot of people this year. I really do. And I think Aaron Rodgers will as well. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Okay, second one. Uh, Mike Evans. Jake, you have Mike Evans as your wide receiver seven. Bird, you have Mike Evans as your wide receiver 10. Bird, you have the floor. I love Mike Evans. I had him, I had him on wide receiver four, but on news that Chris Godwin was back at training camp full go, I had to move Evans down just by just by default because I think both of them are going to be fine. Both are going to be contributors. And if it was just going to be Mike Evans, I had Mike Evans as my wide receiver four. But unfortunately, I had to move him down a little bit. And he's still a top 10 play. And I'm going to draft Mike Evans in a lot of spots because he is a touchdown machine. And with no Rob Gronkowski there in Tampa anymore, my goodness gracious, may the touchdowns go up. I think he's going to be a very steady thousand yard receiver once again, because that's just like what Mike Evans does. And he'll be a double touchdown guy. Yeah, I love Evans. And just for the record, I've Godwin ranked as my wide receiver 11. So I'm very high on the Bucks offense as a yeah, whole this year. I have, I have Godwin at 12. So uh, let me just give you my point here about Evans. The names I have ranked after him, Keenan Allen, he's great. Justin Herbert, yep. by all means. I love Keenan Allen. Uh, Tyree Kill, Tua, not a believer. Debo Samuel, Trey Lance, not a believer. If Debo Samuel had Jimmy Garoppolo, different story. Different story. Um 11 and then after that Chris Godwin, Tom Brady, Jalen Brown, uh, Jalen Brown, Jalen Hurts with AJ Brown, don't love it. Sorry, I'm just not feeling good and even Matt Ryan with Michael Pittman who I do love. Those are just quarterbacks and offenses that I just don't think are going to be the most high powered whereas with Evans, I know he is Tom Brady's guy. Tom Brady's number one receiver goes a long way. Yeah, it really does. And I think the Bucs are going to fly. I think Brady's going to have a big prove it year this year. I don't know how effective the Bucs are going to be running the ball this year, although I do love Fournette and everybody in the Bucs offense for that matter. Um, you know, a lot of primetime games you're getting with Mike Evans in the Bucs offense. So it's just really a comfort factor with me with Evans over the other guys. The only worry number with Mike Evans that I have is he was able to have the 14 touchdown season, just over a thousand yards. 74 catches on 
only a 16% target share. That's not great. So well, you would hope that that number goes up just a little bit. It will. I think it will. I no think it Gronk, will. And no AB. No AB, no Gronk. Normally, I would sit here and I would say that 14 touchdowns, odds are he's not repeating that. But when you have Tom Brady there and you have no Gronk and you have no AB, there's a chance that he could be 12, 13, 14 touchdown guy. And I would not be surprised in the slightest. Yeah, the, go- so- the ghost of Julio Jones. No, forget him. He's not even a fact. No, yeah. I, 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 I'm not factoring him. I'm not factoring Russell no. Gage either. No, the so we're, guys, we're pretty similar on Evans. Yeah, yeah, we're very similar. And, and honestly, I probably will be drafting Evans over Tyreek and over Debo. I don't know if I would draft him over Keenan. I That's think the I, one. I think in PPR, I like the receiving upside of Keenan more than I do with Evans when I have Keenan Allen projected for 101 catches. The only thing so, is, though, there's some weeks where Mike Mike Williams just chooses to just be really annoying. Yes, yes, that's the that's the issue. Is you know you got to balance it out. Evans, I have down for 83 catches, 83 catches and 12 touchdowns versus 100 catches and seven touchdowns for Keenan Allen. Which side do you want? Do you want more touchdowns or do you want more receptions? That's, I mean, that's really the balancing points. act that you have to figure out between the two. That's like around 30 points in touchdowns that you're leaving. And it balances out a little bit with the catches, but still, I mean, you'd rather have a guy that scores. I kind of agree with both of you. Two guys that also have some issues with their hamstrings as well. Every year yep. I feel like it's some type of hamstring or soft tissue injury. Yep. Agreed. Yep. All right, last position. Tight ends were was probably the hardest for me to pick crazy discrepancies because if you can believe it, your top six was exactly the same. Nice, Jake. Good work. Not bad. Uh, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about a change in my top six. It's probably the same change as mine. I want to hear somebody it. somebody is joining it potentially. Oh. Huh. Interesting. Is it Kittle leaving it and Goddard joining it? Nope. Is it Ertz? I'm very high on Zach Ertz. Well, now, for sure. I mean, Uh, with a big question mark around Hollywood and his hamstrings, uh, yeah, I like it. And I think he might be jumping Darren Waller. Oh, I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm, not there, there I'm getting there. And I, I think Kittle will be – Of I'm, I worry a little bit more about Debo than I do George Kittle for I what agree. it's worth. Because I, I think the tight end is the young quarterback's best friend. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. I would move Ertz over Goddard. That's one that I am really having a good think about. Uh, yeah. Goddard I have as my tight end. Oh, I'm sorry, Adam, if I'm jumping anything. but Yeah, you might, you might yeah. be. We'll, okay, get, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. I'm sorry. <laughs> George, well, George Kittle doesn't score. That's my problem with him. I think he might score more now, to be honest with you. Right. Without, without Jimmy and then, yeah. I don't know how I don't know how I feel about drafting Kittle as current ADP, but I think he'll be fine <laughs> for the most part. Right, I'm before, just I just don't believe in taking tight ends that early. It's just never been my forte. It's like round fifth four, round is the round start. Four, you're not taking Kittle? No. Okay. No. Okay. So then you're drafting so, Dalton Schultz at 6'10". 
at 610. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Me too. I've said it like almost every every show for like three like three times, three shows in a row running. I've been like, I'm gonna wait to take Dalton Schultz or uh, somebody me, of that ilk. Give me Cole Combatant round at 12-5. Yeah. Oh that too. Oh, Even Zach, is, what, what's delicious. Zach Ertz up to nowadays? Zach Ertz is nine six. Bro. Ooh, that's, that's good. lovely. That's fantastic. Lovely. That's lovely. Zach Ertz has still got it. All right. Yeah. So you all you did almost uh step on it, Jake. Dallas Goddard. Bird, you have Dallas Goddard as your tight end seven. Jake has Dallas Goddard as your tight end. Or as his tight end nine. So not too much of a discrepancy, but I mean, yeah, there won't be there won't be a huge debate on this one, Adam. Uh, it's Goddard, Ertz, Hawkinson are very interchangeable for me, and I'm getting pretty close to putting Cole Komet in that group as well. Not They're very interchangeable guys. Not there yet with Komet. The thing with Hawkinson that appeals to me is he's always on pace to have a career year, and then he gets hurt. It's just the yep. possibility of potentially remaining healthy is is looming. Yeah, if, if Hawkinson can stay, can stay healthy, he would have shattered his career marks last year. He would have completely just blown him out of the water. Um, but with Goddard, Ertz, Hawkinson, that group, I could very easily one day wake up and say, okay, Hawkinson's going to be seven, Goddard's going to be eight, Ertz is going to be nine, wake up the next day, Ertz is going to be seven, Goddard's going to be eight, Hawkinson's going to be nine. It really just goes, it's a seesaw for me. Um, but I am not there with considering any one of those three over Waller. I'm not there yet. Arts is the one. Yeah. One of those three, I think Ertz is probably the one for me now, too. Now, if you're telling me there's a prolonged absence coming from Hollywood, now we have a discussion. Well, if there's wanna... a chance Zach Ertz could be the number one passing target in the, for the Arizona Cardinals in week one. Yes. No, yes, there is. Yeah. Like, would I it mean, surprise it... anybody if, if Hollywood pulls up in week one against Kansas City and then it's just Zach Ertz getting a million targets from Kyler Murray? A game where the Cardinals are going to have to throw the football. Right. You know, if you want to tie it back to our original, our first discussion about Jalen Hurts and how lackluster he, he is as a, as a thrower, I mean, we had this debate, Bert and I did, on the NFC East preview show. I mean, can you trust Jalen Hurts to sustain three relevant fantasy options? No. I don't even know about one fantasy option <laughs> being relevant. I could trust I could trust him with two. I don't know if I can trust him with three. I'm also pretty low on Devonta Smith. Yeah. I mean, this is another one where it's kind of like a push where you guys are pretty even on it, and so am I. So for the second one, there weren't too many – there still weren't too many discrepancies, like I was saying. Uh, another one that's kind of tight but kind of not is uh, Dawson Knox. Uh, Jake has Dawson Knox as tight end 12. Bird has him at tight end 14. Um, I mean, this is kind of like a, at this point, it's like, I don't know about Dawson Knox. I mean, what do you think, Jake? What's your thought process here? The appeal of playing on a high powered offense like Buffalo is there with Knox. Whereas if I'm looking at some other guys that are in that range, it's 
Mike Gesicki? Is Tua leading a high-powered offense? Probably not, especially with Waddle and obviously Tyree Kill coming into the fold. Three pass catchers coming from the Miami Dolphins being relevant with Tua leading the charge. Highly unlikely, in my opinion. Um, you know, you look at some other guys. Irv Smith Jr. has got to stay healthy. Uh, Noah Fant. We know that Noah Fant experience it doesn't really bring you to many places. Whereas with Knox, he's going into year three with the arguably the best quarterback in football in Josh Allen. For a team in the Buffalo Bills that will rank in the top three to five in offense, and you know they're going to be always in the red zone, ready to score. And in the red zone, that's where Dawson Knox makes his money. And, yeah, if you look at the guys in that range, I think I would lean with Dawson Knox, but preferably I would prefer to have somebody a little bit safer because if he doesn't score, he's rather useless. But I think the same applies to a lot of the other guys on the list. The biggest thing with Dawson with Dawson Knox for me is the, is the impending touchdown regression. There's absolutely no way in hell that Dawson Knox is having nine touchdowns again. There's no, there's no way in hell. I think he even comes close to six or seven. I think he could six or seven. I think six or seven is realistic. It's a possibility, but do I see it? No, they're going to score a lot of touchdowns this year, dude. I think it's most certainly possible. And also he got hurt last year too. Let's not forget. He broke his hand and he still finished with nine touchdowns. Got hurt last year, but they also brought in OJ Howard. Who is yeah, but oh, be, come on, bro. What is OJ Howard bringing? He's going to be a pain in the ass. He's not going to be. Is he going to play? Like, yes. he, yeah, I think he, he, yeah. I don't know. He didn't play. He played, I guess, a full year last year because he wasn't actually like playing. I would. I'm not going to be taking a guy in Dawson Knox who right now is going in round nine. Like, no, thank you. Nope, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you very much. I will let someone else waste their time with Dawson Knox when I could have Cole Komet in round 12. I have, but uh, bro, I have Cole Komet ranked ahead of him. That's okay. Not so who like, do you, ha- who do you have? Um, right. Do you have Irv Smith ranked ahead of Cole Komet? No. I have Irv Smith ranked ahead of Cole Komet. I would rather. No, oh, no, I, I'm sorry. I, I, Dawson, Dawson Knox, Dawson Knox. I apologize. You have Irv Smith ahead say, of him. Well, I mean, I have Irv, Irv Smith, I have Irv Smith ahead of Dawson Knox. I have Irv Smith behind Cole Komet. Nah, you see, I'm, I'm also Irv Smith has to like do it first, bro. And he hasn't stayed healthy with Dawson Knox. He's playing for Josh Allen. Give like, me Irv Smith by a notch. I, I lean with the Buffalo Bills offense over Kirk Cousins' offense. Like, I mean, I'm he's sorry. like the he's like the two B in that offense. It's Stefan Diggs is the one, Gabriel Davis is the two A, and Knox is the two B. I don't yeah. view it that way. Well, whereas with Irv Smith, it's Jettas, it's Adam Thielen. Dalvin Cook, and then there's Irv Smith. Like, is Kirk is Kirk Cousins doing that? Like, I see more touchdown upside with Irv Smith than I do like, with Dawson Knox. Look at look at Kyle Rudolph when he was the Vikings tight end with with Kirk Cousins. He wasn't anything spectacular. Tyler Conklin even. Conklin was all right. Conklin was all right. There are there, there are weeks where you could start Irv Smith, but no, I'm just saying Dawson Knox for me is in that range of unspectacular options. I never said he was a spectacular option. I'm just saying, I think I would lean with him over and Mike Gesicki. You have Gesicki ranked over him? Yeah, I have Gesicki ranked over him. And I don't love it. Yeah, it's like... I don't love that. Yeah. Admittedly. Admittedly, I don't love that. But I have Fryermuth, but it's I have 11 tight ends that I'm comfortable with. Fryermuth is the end of it for me. But, but here's the thing. So do I. Fryermuth yeah. is ranked a slot ahead of him. I have Fryermuth ranked three spots ahead of Knox. Okay, so you'd rather have Fryermuth over – let's just review here. So – TJ Hawkinson? 
No, Hawkinson. Okay, Dallas Goddard. Uh, Goddard. Zach Ertz. Ertz. Uh, Cole Komet. Komet. Fryermuth is my t- is my tight end eleven. Yep. Okay. He's so, my tight end eleven. Yep. Then it, that's the cutoff of guys that I'm comfortable with. If I'm not getting Fryermuth, Komet, Hawkinson, and above. I'm not feeling great about the tight end position, but if I'm getting no, yeah, one of them, I agree. I'm feeling, I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling okay. That, that we but, can agree on. But Gasicki, Irv Smith, Dawson Knox, Noah Fant, Hunter Henry, in that order, just how I rank it below. I don't feel great about any of them. I'll, I'll agree that Dawson Knox probably has the highest ceiling out of all of them, just because he's playing with Josh Allen. But there's a lot of red flags there that I don't love. And I, I just won't be I won't be drafting Dawson Knox anywhere. I won't have a single share of Dawson Knox. I, I, I just want no part. No, no, no. I agree with all that too. But you know, I guess we're kind of being nitpicky there. Well, let me ask you. Let me ask this before we can we can uh, wrap up. So I discovered this is for both of you actually. Both of you can chime in. Mm. I. It's a two part thing. So discovered on my keeper league team that Gabe Davis is a 14th rounder to keep. So it's between Gabe Davis or Rashad Bateman. I have Jake's answer. I want to hear Adams. But then the second part of this is I got an offer, an eighth round pick for Gabe Davis to keep for a 14th. Do I do it? So Adam, first part, who, what would you rather have Gabe Davis or Rashad Bateman? Um. I think. Oh, that's a interesting this, question. This so easy. I think I'd rather have Bateman. Yeah. Yep. That was the one. That was the one. I think Jake and I said at the same time too. We were talking about it that that Bateman was probably the guy. But then the second part of the question: Would you trade Davis for an eighth round pick, or should I command more? At the price of a fourteenth, though. So what's Gabe Davis's ADP currently? 707. I think an eighth is fair. Yeah. I think an eighth is very fair. I mean, you could try for an, for a seventh and see what he says. Doesn't well, behoove I, him to do that, though. Right. That's the thing. That's the thing. Is I don't know if he would give a seventh. One of the other options that I was exploring is trying to get a fourth out of it, but giving an extra sixth. So I would attach a sixth because I have two, two six-round picks. So I would attach a sixth rounder with Gabe Davis to get a fourth rounder and I'd have three fourth round picks. Oh, I, I would do that. Yeah. That's interesting. The fourth round is kind of that cutoff of guys where I could yeah. feel pretty good about. Yep. That's that. That's what I thought. Is like and the guy's getting, that. go ahead, Adam. And then the guy's getting Gabe Davis at a steal. Yeah. As far as keeper, he's getting right. for free. Essentially. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. So it's it's definitely a conversation that I have to have, but I'm, I'm glad I brought it up because I'm definitely going to pitch that idea of doing that where I give the extra sixth to get a fourth. And we have every, we have everything on the show. We had a bold prediction. We have a mailbag question and uh, rankings disputes. Would you even? Hmm. Right, so I guess then you would do it because I have an extra fifth as well. Would you give an extra? Would you give the extra fifth for potentially a third? I don't know if you would do that, though. I don't know if he would do that either. I mean, that's a little rich. Six for a fourth. I think he would think about six for a fourth. I think he'd think about fifth for a third. I don't know. 
well, you better hope that this person isn't an avid listener of the Basement Talk podcast fantasy show because then they'll hear your entire thought process. Yep. So, all right. Well, this has been fun. Love talking about rankings. We've been hyping up the show for a bit. So it's nice that uh, we were able to get to get it going, get all, all three of us in one Zoom room talking about rankings. It won't be the last time because... Next week, what we're going to do, we'll have, we'll have an, a, uh, another show at the, at the end of the week. Don't know what we're doing yet, so Adam, don't ask. Uh, we'll, f- we'll figure it out as we go. Um, but next week, Jake actually had the idea that the three of us hop into a mock lobby on ESPN and do a live mock, the three of us. It's going to have to be the week after. I'm away. That's right. This, this guy's going away. He's, go- he's, go- he's going away to the aisles. Wait, what uh, is that? The week of my birthday? It's the fifteenth. Okay. Yeah, the so, week of the fifteenth. Week of the fifteenth. Well, we will hop in a mock. Yep. I have to be early because my friends from home are coming on the eighteenth. Perfect. So. Perfect. We got the fifteenth, sixteenth, and seventeenth for that. Gorgeous. Yep. And and boys, I have my first draft on Friday. Best ball. Best ball but it's a draft. It I was counts. about to say, I'm like, come on. Nope. It's best ball, but it's a draft. Well, I guess, I mean, if it's automated, so who cares? Yeah. Yeah. $10, $10 best ball for fun. What the hell? It's like long range roulette or long-term roulette. No, not really. You just set, you just draft a team and then the system makes it for it. Sets the lineup for you based on uh, the points that you score. So. Yeah. I'm Little- just putting, it's like, actually gambling like fantasy football is a game of skill but best ball is actually gambling because you're not doing anything it, you're not doing anything exactly which is great because you can do a hundred you can do a hundred of them <laughs> you can do a hundred of them and it doesn't matter true but then you don't have the fun of management the day-to-day operations is, is management really fun well it can be eh. jake would you call management fun no Thank you. It is not fun. If you do it the right way, it's not fun. Listen, you can have fun. You are. You should have fun in all walks, in all aspects of your life. Fantasy football when is not can. fun. It is when fantasy you're football is a painstaking process, full of anxiety. I am aware. Says anyway. the per- says, says says the says the man himself who is putting himself through updating ranks every day updating projections doing weekly projections it's such as the price of being a member of being an esteemed member of the consensus agreed agreed well yeah that was fun that was fun well thank you for listening to the baseball talk podcast fantasy show you can find all episodes wherever you get your podcast for bird and jake i am adam and we'll talk to you next time bye bye